The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Juan is a recovering MarTech consultant turned creator who writes an amazing weekly newsletter about the MarTech industry. And I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. All right, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. Hello, hello again, MarTechers. My name is Juan Mendoza from the MarTech Weekly, and good to be with you again. Yesterday, we actually had a fantastic conversation with Sharek Sheikh. He is the founder of CleverX, which is an audience discovery platform for market and product research teams. In our episode yesterday, we did a deep dive into how to use audience research to really power your marketing and product strategies. But today, we are going to do a deeper dive into using video for your product and market research. So this one is going to be really interesting because I'm curious about how video plays a huge role in the research and discovery process. So welcome again to the show, Sharek. How are you doing? I'm doing great, one. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. Well, let's dive back in. But before we get to the video thing, I want to talk about, I guess, your experience as an entrepreneur. As we were prepping for this episode, we we're talking a bit about entrepreneurship and you are based in the Bay Area. How's your journey gone over the past three years? CleverX as a platform has grown. I think you mentioned in our prep that it's grown about 400%. Can you take a, tell us a little bit about that journey of building a research platform and what the challenges are as an entrepreneur? If you look at the general category of the product that we fit in, we are a marketplace and a lot of people who have worked at a company which is a marketplace or understand those business models really well, it's almost like running two businesses because on one side you have the supply side growth and the other side you've got the demand side growth and you've got to balance both of them. So the journey has been super busy, no weekends, no life really, but it's been very rewarding as well. The company is doing well. We found product market fit. We have some exciting customers who are doing incredible things all around the world. And for me, I think the biggest part of this journey was my personal development and growth as well. So that changed me as a person in the sense like, how do I see risk and how do I react to those situations when things are not doing great? But I think it's more like a muscle memory. You learn it as you are in the process. But from a company standpoint, we made too many mistakes. 
but they were not fatal, which is great. So we didn't die because of those mistakes, but we had to constantly learn about how to build a better culture of the company or firing people who are not so good fit for the culture of the company, working with like large enterprises versus small companies. There've been like a lot of learnings along the way. I'm happy to share more, but I think the biggest thing I would suggest is like understanding how marketplaces or platforms work, understanding how you can bring two defragmented markets together on one platform and solving that cold start problem, the chicken and the egg problem, that's what we call it in our industry. I think solving those things is really difficult. Very few people can understand how to solve them and get them going. But once you create that flywheel, I think marketplaces are one of the most resilient businesses in any macro environment. Yeah. And that cold start problem is so difficult in marketplaces. And it's really fascinating to see CleverX's growth in that space, because it's almost as though with marketplaces, the first year is, if you can't survive the first year and make that marketplace dynamic work, then you're dead in the water. And it is extremely critical. It's not like other products or services out there. It's so incredibly important to get people to participate, which kind of brings me, I guess, to the video aspect of this, because getting people on a call, I don't know about you, but it's extremely hard, you know, (laughs) particularly for customer interviews to get them on video and to actually spend time talking with them one-to-one. It's actually pretty hard, but could you give us a bit of a landscape view of what you're doing with video-based technology in that research space? What are the main advantages for conducting research interviews with video-based component? I think what we're doing differently is if you look at it traditionally, the alternative for people or marketers, especially in large companies, has been to go to these expert networks, right, to conduct these calls. But very few companies in the world can really, you know, afford an expert network because the numbers are in hundreds and thousands of dollars. Most of the people use LinkedIn for that. But LinkedIn has a problem with we all know how many spammy messages we receive every single day on LinkedIn. And if someone's reaching out to you saying, hey, I'm going to pay you, let's say, $300 for one hour of your time, would you be willing to set up some time with me? I think it's really difficult for people to trust the other person, especially when there's no warm introduction and it's a cold outreach. Even if both the people are serious, there's no monetization mechanism and there is no recourse if someone doesn't pay the other person money. So I think what we've done is given those same abilities to people, just like you would have it on LinkedIn to connect and message each other, find each other. But you also have built a platform which is based on trust and transparency. So you can set up the calls where the other person is guaranteed to get paid. So the trust factor is pretty strong. And that's the reason all these people have signed up on a platform because they already get those inquiries on LinkedIn. But they usually will tell you like, hey, go on my CleverX profile and book a call with me from there. So that's one. The other thing that we have added to the platform is the integration with all these different tools like the Zoom, the Google Meets, Microsoft Teams within the platform itself. We didn't want to reinvent a wheel by building a video platform. So we gave the customers what they needed. So people use different tools in different organizations and you can directly connect your calendar. You can connect your video conferencing tool to the platform and just do those calls in your own environment. But the platform has also kind of evolved now where people are doing product testing as well, which is so exciting to watch, where there's a new launch of a product or a new website is being launched and they ask the user to test out the product right in front of them and ask them questions, how they feel or perceive a technology product that the customer is going to launch. So the platform video technology is being used in multiple different ways now. So that video aspect is, yeah, it is very interesting in that to have that authenticity, and it really depends on the insights that the folks are sharing. I find that the more sensitive the data, the less they want to be on camera. (laughs) But like when it comes to sharing your experience with a product or giving feedback, especially if you've really enjoyed a product, I could see why folks would want to be on video to support that. Even on myself and my own company, our customers that are really successful at our products 
they love to talk about it. You know, they really, really are quite happy to advocate. So I mean, in the video spaces, it seems like it's a lot of it's like goodwill. You're really relying on folks that want to participate for no other reason than to kind of help a company, really. Of course, you want to help someone. Like there are two motivations for people to participate in any kind of like qualitative research, right? Which is video interviews is one form of it. One, of course, is a monetary part. And for some people, the money is not the only reason to participate in those conversations. They also want to do something which is outside their work, which is more exciting and fun. It's not just the whole nine to five thing that I do every day. They want to know what's happening, what are the new things people are working on. So they are excited to participate in those things. Money sometimes for people becomes more like a validation that this person is serious about getting my inputs or my feedback. So for some people, $300 is nothing when you're making like half a million dollars a year. But they're just taking that money as a validation that yeah, my advice matters to you and you're serious about seeking my inputs while I'm testing your product. But we're also seeing this trend around moderated and unmoderated research when it comes to product testing or doing one-to-one calls where sometimes the customer just wants to hand over the product to them. And without having a conversation with that participant, they want them to explore the product for themselves. They want to see where they stumble through video recordings. They want to see if they're understanding what they want them to understand about the product or they're getting confused about certain things using a product. So that's something that we're seeing a lot, which is on the unmoderated side. On the moderated side, it's more like test the product or give me insights, but it's more about like Q&A, right? So you're asking questions, improvising them. And I think probably you're referring to that one for your company and the kind of calls that you've done, but it's more about getting their micro expressions when you talk about something or understanding how they feel about a certain thing or a certain industry or a product or a service. So people do these different kinds of permutation combinations while they conduct research on video. And I think both are equally important just to get those insights, both in moderated and unmoderated research formats. Yeah, that's great. The difference between moderated and unmoderated insights from video and having those conversations, it is such a big difference between both of those types of research. So it's, it's good to sort of call out what's available to marketers. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. 
the thing with video is that what are you getting on top of, say, an audio or a survey response? What do you get more than, <laughs> than those two other options? Maybe you can help me understand that because I think when it comes to research, maybe you're learning different things when you do video. It changes the dynamic a little bit. How do you see video creating more value from those research questions? That's a very interesting question. I think that is where the industry is going to innovate as well, in my view, especially when it comes to like research interviews. What's going to happen in the future is, number one thing why people do videos is it feels more intimate because you can see the person just like we're seeing each other right now. I know how you're responding to me while I'm asking or answering something, or you know how I'm responding to you when you're asking me a question. So those expressions and my body language helps you understand me better. That's just a human part of it. But what's happening, which is already happening in the world, and what's going to happen in the research world when it comes to videos is AI is going to play a big role, which is also going to understand your micro expressions when your calls are being recorded or you're talking to them. It might even suggest you better questions, like the kind of questions that I could have asked, which would have given me a better value out of that conversation. Or it is also going to take out certain snippets, which are inferences out of what you said and what you meant and how did you feel in that moment. So there's going to be a lot of data that's going to get accumulated out of that one single video call. So today, today it's more like human to human where it's up to me how I interpret you giving me an answer. But having those machines do that for you at scale is what the future looks like for video interviews. We can do that the same thing with voice as well, but voice is going to be a much more harder challenge when it comes to technology to do it than video because there's more input, right? There's more data coming into the system. It's easier to analyze that rather than just one mode of communication, which is voice. I mean, I don't know. People sound different on the phone or calls. It's going to be different for different accents, different vocabulary that we use. How do you interpret that? Yeah, I mean... Body language gives a lot away. <laughs> and so like when you're doing customer research, you do it in person. You can kind of see how people respond to things and you can say, okay, do they feel happy about what they're saying? Are they apprehensive? Is there a bit of tension or anxiety? So you could sort of use that as cues for research. But one of those things I find with research particularly is that what the customer will say to you is very different from what they will do. And what they say they will do is different again. And I often take that as a grain of salt with research. And I say, well, a customer saying one thing, but their body language will betray them <laughs> often. And that only takes a keen eye and probably a little bit of training in psychology to understand that, yeah, body language actually tells a very different story often from what is being said. Yeah, that's very interesting you bring that up because just from our work standpoint, as well as a research platform, we always are trying to understand human behavior better there are a bunch of biases when it comes to research. Who was researching whom, right? So this might sound weird, but if the interviewer is a man or a woman, changes the behavior of the other person. How did they have their morning today? Changes their answers as well on video. So their answers could sound very different or be very different if their morning was good or bad. Or were they stressed or were they not stressed? Who was interviewing them versus who was not? Things like end of the month or a season even, cold versus warm. There are so many things which bring in bias, which is so crazy because human beings are the most complex people to deal with, right? Like mm. it's just not so easy to understand human beings. And you can go to a certain degree, but you've got to keep like at least 10 to 20% allocated in every research project for bias. There is going to be bias, either positive or negative, and that's your choice, how you want to look at it. But definitely bias is present every kind of research where human beings are involved. But the fact of the matter is, even if you ask ChatGPT to give you an answer for the same market research question, 
it can only give you an answer which is a reflection of the entire humanity's content posted on public forums. That's what ChatGPT is. It's a reflection of us and what we have as a collective wrote about it on Reddit or on Facebook or wherever it's scraping that data from. But human research will not change even if AI becomes really powerful because your experience is just your individual experience. That's your personal experience, what life you've lived and the kind of companies you've worked for. And that changes with every person. So it's not going to go anywhere. I think it's just going to, AI is just going to catalyze how we conduct market research with, with people. I think there's a lot in the judgment, like the individual's judgment in how they do conducting the research, which gets that result. But it is really fascinating to see these new products like CleverX come out and offer something which is really unique in that it's blending both the discovery aspect where you can go reach out to folks across a network, but then also conduct your own research into that single hub. That is pretty powerful because I've seen great plenty of products on one side that does that and then plenty of products on the other side that does just the one thing, but not one of the, both of those things together, which is really fascinating. So Sharek, thank you for joining me. This wraps up our second episode of the MarTech Podcast with Sharek Sheikh, the founder of CleverX. If you'd like to get in touch with Sharek, you can find his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or you can visit his company website at cleverx.com. Sharek, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing some wonderful insights about audience research and how it powers marketing and product strategy. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Juan Mendoza, the author of the MarTech Weekly Newsletter. If you'd like to get in touch with Juan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Juan Mendoza, but it's spelled crazy pants. It's J-U-4-N. M-E-N-D-0-Z-4, or it's a little easier to just visit his company's website, which is themartechweekly.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletters, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.